But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. I would like to preach just for a few moments on the thought of a message, the solution to your big problem. The solution to your big problem. You know, there were some kids in Sunday school and they were asked by the Sunday school teacher, what are some names for God? So the kids would raise their hands, called on the little child, Alpha, very good. So another kid raised their hand, Omega, very good. Jesus, well, obviously, right? And then some other little kid raised their hand, yes. The Father, right. And then someone says, Jehovah. And then, very good, anyone else? And this little boy raised his hand in the back and he said, yes, little boy. Howard, said, excuse me? Little boy said, Howard. And the Sunday school teacher said, how did you guess that? Where did that come from? Little boy said, from the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, Howard, be thy name. (laughs) Today is the National Day of Prayer for 2021. It's celebrated on the first Thursday since about 1988, the first Thursday of May. And throughout the time as our nation, back in the 1700s, there were national appeals for our nation to pray for the problems that we face collectively. From George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, different men. In fact, Thanksgiving that we celebrate wasn't just to be thankful, but it was a time of prayer and celebration for the goodness of our mighty God. Because although we have a mighty God, we face mighty problems. And we find in the Word of God that there was a mighty problem that Peter faced. The Bible says in Acts chapter 12, Herod the king, he didn't like the church much. So he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. Probably had him beheaded. And then he saw that it got a good reaction. You ever tell a joke and it gets a good reaction? Well, he got a good reaction from his constituents. So he said, well, that worked. I'm going to get Peter too. So he imprisoned Peter, apprehended him, put him in prison, and delivered him to four groups of four soldiers. The Bible calls them quaternions. They're groups of four. Different shifts, if you please. To keep him. So four sets of four guards, intending after Easter or after the Passover to bring him forth to the people. He was going to probably chop his head off too. And the Bible says that as this is happening, you ever feel like that where, man, it's just one thing after another. Have you ever heard that? One thing after another, one thing goes wrong, another thing goes wrong, and then it just kind of spirals out of control. You're like, ain't enough in the pocket to fix that one. Ain't enough in the bank account to fix that one. So, and, uh, you know, looking for different things. Have you ever looked for a car? You say, I might as well be a million bucks because I don't have it, okay? And when sometimes we face in, our, in life, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a, a problem so big, we don't even know where to start. And I believe that God has an answer, a solution to our big problem. And have you ever written a letter before? Now, back in the day, because I'm 47, prior to texts, You see, when I was a kid, a text was a book or a portion of a book. It was called a text book. And if you sent a text, that means you would throw the book 
at someone, right? Say, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And then someone threw a dictionary at me. So, but anyway. Or before emails. Before emails, you had knee mails. We had air mails. Have you ever seen that written on an envelope? Par avion. By air, by plane. So, if you've ever written a letter, a paper letter, there are three components to that. And that's what we're going to deal with today in the solution to a big problem. A letter, you have a to, you have a from, so that means the address uh, where the, the sender and the addressee, the to and the from, and then you open up the letter and inside you have something that is said. When I was in the military, uh, if you wanted to get your boyfriend in trouble or your, or your uh, the girls that would write, the girlfriends that would write, the wives that would write. If you want to get your boyfriend in trouble, your husband, put perfume on the letter. Because no ceasing of mockery would come from the drill instructors if you put perfume. So if you want to mess with someone, just spray a bunch of perfume and just send that letter because they were going to get really harassed for a perfumed letter in the military. But there's something on the inside of that letter. Now, the, the, the greatest... Uh, Example of a prayer I thought that exhibits this is Peter when he began to sink after walking on the water. And he did a three-word prayer. And it, sim- it just shows all the components. Lord, who am I sending my prayer to? Save what I want him to do. And then me, who it's from. And so those three components are right there. Say, well, you know that there's one more thing that you need. And maybe we don't remember this, but there's one more thing you need when you send a paper letter. Does anyone know what it is? Letter ain't getting far. I mean, you can have all the address correct. It's like no one wants to say something and be on audio, right? Yes! You got to put the American flag or you got to put some kind of hearts. You know, sometimes you go there and you're like, oh, all you have is hearts. Oh, come on. How about assault rifles or something cool? Mudding trucks. Mustangs. But no, we have some hearts and, you know, might as well have some unicorns and rainbows and sprinkles. But you've got to put a stamp on it. And you know that we can have the perfect prayer format. We can quote it from the word of God. But you've got to put the stamp of faith on a prayer. It doesn't beat out of where the shot, the earshot is unless we can say God and with our heart believe that God is going to do something. Well, I believe that there are some people here tonight we've come to God before, put that stamp on and God has answered just like he said he was. He would. The Bible said, ask and ye shall receive. God is a uh, answering God. So Peter was kept in prison. And the Bible says, but. You know, I like that. When things happen, the church gets going. You know what say, uh, remember that saying, when the going gets tough? The tough get going. And that's really what happens with the church. Sometimes we, 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 we uh, get into gear when things go crazy. It says, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. So the Bible says that it was made, first of all, of the church. See, a letter's from someone, a prayer comes from someone. And, and I realize that anyone can pray. You know, a sinner can pray. I, I was a sinner and I prayed, but God really isn't obligated 
to hear the prayer of a sinner. God really isn't obligated to hear the prayer of someone who is not part of his church, which is his spiritual body down here on this earth, unless, of course, it is a prayer of repentance, saying, God, forgive me of my sin. God will definitely hear that prayer of faith. But you see, the Bible said uh, that God has a special place for his church. You know, sometimes we forget who we are. There was a time I was in a thrift store, believe it or not. <laughs> I asked my mom, I said, you want to go to the kook store? Um, <laughs> that sounds bad, right? But there's a lot of interesting people, kooks, in the kook store, right? And it's a thrift store. I remember when I was in Bible school, uh, this one brother asked another brother, and this in roommates, right? He said, brother, do you like to kook? And that's what we called it in Bible school. Now, we all did it. Maybe we were some of the kooks in there, okay? And the brother said, yeah, yeah, I do. I, I like to cook. I cook this and I cook that. And the brother said, no, 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 brother, kook, kook. He was talking about going thrift store sale. But I was in a thrift store and it was actually called the thrift store. I wonder if it was the first one, like First Baptist, First Thrift. But they, they were called the thrift store. And I was in there and some people met. And they were talking about church and maybe one asked the other one, hey, have you been to church? And no. And uh, one lady said, uh, she said something like, we're in church right now. And I was waiting in line to check out, you know, and buy my $4 trousers or, you know, $3 shirt that someone else had died in. But uh, I was just listening. And uh, she said, it says in the Bible where two or three are gathered together in my name. There am I in the midst of them. And I was like, I was going to raise my hand. I'm like, you are not gathered together in the name of Jesus. You're gathered together in the name of stinky shoes, gathered together in the name of buying $4 pants. But you know what? Tonight, we are gathered together in the name of Jesus. There are two. There are three. And the Bible says there's something to note. Jesus made a promise. He said, if you come together in my name. Uh, he said, I'm going to be right in the middle. Now, I don't know where the middle would be, but right in the midst, Jesus would be sitting right on the front row of the church. Jesus is within earshot. You could whisper a prayer. God said, you don't have to shout. I'm right there in the middle of you. You see, there's a forgotten armor of the God of, of forgotten armor of God many times in the church. Have you ever read about the armor? Take unto you the whole armor of God. And then you begin to talk about the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit and your loins girt about with truth and the blessed breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and the helmet of salvation. As a preacher, I think that's all of them. There's one more. You know what the next verse is? It's Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. You know, in the military, there's something called a radio. And if you get overrun by the enemy, you can call and have some friends come and rain death and destruction on the enemy. You see, the military knows how to use the radio, but I think in Christianity, we need the solution to our big problem to realize as the church, we can come together, we can pray, and God hears the radio call. In World War II, there was something called the Battle of the Bulge. 
and the Germans had this big counteroffensive, and they were overrunning the American lines. And so General Patton went and found, well, you know who he found? The chaplain. And he said, write a prayer. And he said, distribute it to all of the men. We're going to pray. A general did that? It's in the history books. And there are still prayers. They printed them on a card, and it was around Christmas. So they sent them like a Christmas card, and the prayer was on that card to all of the men in the command. And you see, the weather was bad. And in in World War II, we didn't have all-weather fighters and all-weather bombers. So if there was cloud cover, we couldn't bomb the enemy. So it was basically a prayer for the rain to stop and clear up. Guess what? It worked. The Germans didn't win the Battle of the Bulge. And the Germans didn't win the war. But you see, it was because men began to pray. Men began to realize, man, I've got a big problem. You know what? I need to get the next thing. If it's from the church, it needs to go somewhere. Who am I sending my prayer to? I'm sending my prayer to God. You see, the very notion of prayer is that there is somebody listening who has the power greater than the problem. Why would we even pray? He's like, oh, just going to have to deal with it. No! Whatever will be, will be. No, let me tell you, I've been pulled over by the police before and it was my fault. You know what I did? Well, praise the Lord. Going to pay that ticket. No, 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 no. Jesus! Jesus, you're a preacher. You're getting a bad example. You know, that's what sheep have, right? You can be a bad example. Well, I guess what? I wanted to be out of that ticket. What'd you do? I went to Jesus. You know that God has a different... And throughout my time being a Christian, I've experienced that when things seem to be greater than me, I could could go unto the Lord when my heart is overwhelmed within me. The Bible said, lead me to the rock, which is higher than I. God, take me to another place. You see, the Bible says that we don't need to magnify the problem. We need to magnify the Lord. The Bible said in Psalm 20, uh, 34, excuse me, let me, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name. I like this, together. Let the church come together. There was a time in Second Chronicles when the Jews under King Jehoshaphat faced three armies, three against one. They had their own battle of the bulge, Right? And uh, there were enemies of Jerusalem. The Bible says that uh, they began to consult the, uh, the priests, uh, the prophets, if, if you please. And you know what? They began to sing and to praise. You know, it, that's the last thing you want to do when you're facing something, right? The last thing I want to do when I have a big crazy problem is to sing and praise God. But do you know that it actually works when the, the church, the Bible says, when Peter was put in prison, they didn't stop because they knew, they had faith that if I pray, something's going to happen. And uh, I think it's called what? PUSH. Have you ever heard that acronym? Pray, P, until you, S, something, H, happens. And the church knew if we just continue to pray, it's not going to stay the same. I I like what one man said. He said, God's either going to give me the desire of my heart when I pray or take the desire out of my heart when I pray. Something's going to happen. The Bible said when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord sent ambushments. Man, they didn't even have to go fight. Now, when God sends an ambush, I don't care if you have the Navy SEALs on your side. 
You're going to lose. <laughs> the Bible said against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, in which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. You see, when God is on our side, it doesn't matter what king tries to hold you down. It doesn't matter what authority tries to hold you down. The prison, Herod, the jailers, they couldn't stop the divine power of the Holy Ghost. When the church said, God, we believe that you can deliver, the church uh, was the from, God was the to, and they began to make a specific prayer. It's interesting. Peter prayed that God would deliver him, and he knew that it worked. Well, later, the church prayed for God to deliver, to deliver Peter, and it worked. And when Herod would have brought him forth, Peter was sleeping and the angel of the Lord came in. Why? He was summoned by the praying church. You know, the angel of the Lord can go into prisons. I, I pray for people sometime. And I, there's people that, maybe if they listen to this, there's people that I, they don't attend anymore. And uh, I don't know what they're going through in their life. But you know what? I pray for them. I believe that if I lift their name up to God, I believe that God can speak to them. God can move through zip codes. God, God can move through area codes. God can go into hospitals. God can go around locked doors. And the Bible said the angel of the Lord, how did he get in there? Hey, look, when Jesus wants to get somewhere, he gets there. When the angel of the Lord wants to get there... He gets there. And the Bible said, shine the light in the prison and smote Peter on the side and raised him up quickly, saying, arise up quickly. And when Peter just stood up, it said, the chains fell off. You know that I'm thankful that, man, when we pray, chains are falling. You know that that's one thing. I remember going to work one day and I was facing something. Man, I was just in a battle. You ever just been in a funk? Not like listening to funk, but you were just in a funk. And I was just driving, and I remember kind of maybe even squinting my face because my, my thoughts were all messed up. And then I just rounded a corner, and it just seemed like it, the, the burden just came off. It was just as if someone was praying for me. And my chains just fell off, and it was just a feeling of just of peace and joy. You know, when we pray, things happen. The Bible says... The angel said, hey, gird yourself, get your, get your shoes on, we're out of here. That's the southern way of saying it. And then he cast his garment about him and followed the angel. And the Bible said he didn't even believe it. He went through the first gate. He went through the second ward or first ward and second ward. And then they came to the big gate that leads to the city. And the Bible said it opened like Walmart. They had automatic gates back in that. It said it opened of its own accord and there was no Honda there, right? <laughs> And then Peter was come to himself. The angel said, you got it from here. And then he went to where the church was praying. You know, it's interesting. As Peter knocked on the door, a girl came. And I'm about to close, but uh, she heard Peter's voice and went back and said, it's Peter. You know what they all said? You're crazy, girl. You're mad. It's a spirit. You know, when we pray and something happens, why do we have to say, no way? Wow, I prayed for my car to start and it started. No way. How about, yes way? How about praise God? But they were just like, no, no, it can't be Peter. We just want to pray and get sweat on our foreheads. No, we want a solution to our big problem. You know that I believe God does it. God gets all the glory. Man, I remember this one sister some years ago, we ordered a pizza. And she was there like a long time. And I think they made the pizza wrong or something like that. And then when she came back, she told us a story. And I think they had made it wrong. So they gave it to us free or something. 
And uh, she said when she was there, she didn't say no way. She was just like really had a sweet spirit. She said something like, praise God. You know, that's what we should do when God answers our prayer. We should just say, man, praise God. I expected it. The church prayed for it. We came from the church to the Lord and the Lord answers for what we pray for. With heads bowed and eyes closed. You know what? It's a good time if there is a big problem that you're facing. It's a good time to take it to the Lord. It's a time of prayer. It's a time when we are all admonished to pray. This day is a day of national prayer. Prayer for our nation. In this time, you know, there's a God that can really change things. Oh, but this or that person. Oh, but this or that person. Nothing. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church from unto God to for him, for Peter. Let's take something to the Lord. Let's find a place to pray.